If you win this fight, who do you want next? Straight pull? Oh, if I win this fight, I'll be jumping for joy. I'll be doing backflips. I'll be doing cartwheels. I'll be doing roundabout whoopsie-doos. I'll be getting on the carousel down by the lane. I'll be going up and down the streets in my birthday suit, surrounded by Irish flags, because I'll be fighting Hassan Biker next. That's Hassan Biker, the lad over there in Los Angeles. That man who's on the streaming playing video games. He's got Grimes with him. My girlfriend, Grimes. Just kidding. I wouldn't. uh, She's not that hot. But, Hassan Biker, I'm coming for you, lad, and you can't avoid it. You will face me in the ring to the death or in the streets of L.A. where I'll be stalking you and obsessed with you, looking for your window. I have your IP address. Hassan, appreciate it. Yes. You know that Hassan Have a six pack episode of 166, and this is a new live son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. Here with Mid and Trixie the Golden Witch. Long time no hey, talk, hello. everybody. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I recently retired from my job as a YouTuber so that I, I could saw that just spend my time promoting uh, fansly.com slash titsmint salad. Yes, nice, which is who I've got with me. Hello, I'm here today. We got uh, how are you today? Pretty good. AKA Mr. Shit King Shit Pussy. I'm doing I'm doing all right. I did get rum just for the occasion. Amazing. I got I got uh I got um Kraken rum. The the one that gives you the worst hangover I figured is the one I'd get. We literally just watched Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, because Mint did a a review of it which is coming out later tonight. Yes it is. Um and there was going to be a Fansly set on fansly.com slash Hitman Salad. Yeah, you dressed as fucking, uh, uh, as, why is the rum gun? What's his goddamn what? name? Captain Jack, Jack Sparrow. Sparrow. Yeah, that guy. But why is the rum gun? The the, I, I just know Captain Jack from the, uh, the Billy Joel song and the, um, and the Michael Bolton Lonely Island song. This yeah, is the yeah. tale of oh, Captain yeah. Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, well, but it's, so there's actually movies about him or something. Yeah, his main thing is he goes, why is the rum gone? Oh, yeah. In your case, why is the rum, rum always here? Now, yeah, it is yeah. the rum is here, yeah. Now, there was also, it's didn't uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, like, didn't his ex-wife, like, shit in the bed at the lower yes. decks of the pirate ship or something? I don't know. I, I don't keep up with the news. Off and shit his fucking mattresses. And- Man, that sounds like a very hard life for Captain Jack Sparrow. On top of the, all the pirating and all the looting and all the curses he has to deal with the fact that he has a uh, had a wife who shit the bed it has is probably the worst of it all honestly yeah well not the not the cutting the finger part off just the shitting the bed the shitting the bed it really is a special cultural moment to me because it's the first time anybody ever shit the bed by shitting the bed (laughs) (laughs) yeah well oh no that's true actually like her whole case like if, if you ask people why did amber heard lose 
that court case? The answer they'll give you is she shat the bed. Literally. Quite she literally. literally shit the bed. It's, because poop is funny! <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, this boy. soundboard is incredible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm glad that Candyman's on there now as well. Oh, yeah, I got... Oh, yeah, so... What I'm, I asked uh, my last guest that I just wrapped the show with, who he thought if the fight actually happened and Hassan didn't bitch out, who would win the fight? But he didn't know who either of those people were. So I was like, "Well, incredible." Push that on to push. So that's why I pushed it off to this show. That question. So is, same is same Hyde would win, right? I mean, okay. Is Hassan a tall dude? How, how tall is he? Do we know that? Um, like, I don't know. He was one of our douchebags on the battle of douchebags. Let's see. I didn't bother to look up his height. <laughs> I'm gonna, I feel I'm like Sam Hyde's six Hassan. foot something. Sam Hyde is tall as fuck. Yeah, he's massive. So, oh, Hassan is only five foot... Oh, wait, this is a different person. This is not... Hassan Piker is six foot three inches, so they're probably around the same height. Okay, okay. Well, in that case, I mean, Hassan looks physically more fit... So I would say if they were going to fight right now, Hassan would probably win. But but yeah, Sam Hyde Hassan did just get a KO punch on a on his last fight. That's uh that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. I mean, Sam Hyde is not a real boxer. He's a guy who has some knowledge of the sport, and like if you watched all the videos with him with the epic mealtime dude, yeah. Like, uh, like, those are fun, and it's clear he knows some shit, but, like, that guy was also working with a professional, bo- like, a trainer, who then looked over the footage with Sam Hyde, and he himself was like, yeah, this guy obviously has, like, had some training, but he's not, he's not himself capable of being a boxing instructor, you know? And, like, when I saw him at the end of his match, at the Candyman, he obviously had worked out a shit ton. Like, he really mm-hmm. got massively more in shape between... Working with Epic Mealtime and working uh, at the at the actual event, so I would say if he was challenged by Hassan, he probably would spend three months getting into even better shape, and in that case, I think he would win. I think as long as he is in even where anywhere close to as good of shape as Hassan, he would definitely win because Hassan seems like a coward, and uh, Sam Hyde seems like a psychopath. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I like that analysis. I pretty much am right there with you on all of that. Now. Hmm. Hassan, um, have you seen the videos of him kicking? He kicks, like, worse than Steven Seagal. It's, like, really embarrassing. I have not. Like, like the video of Hassan kicking a bag. Yeah, but it's, like, it, he's got no power to his kicks. Like, oh. I feel like I could kick harder than the videos I've seen of Hassan, and I've never trained except for karate Man. and, like, kindergarten. I've never trained, like, kicks and punches. I, I could probably kick Hassan. I, I'm just thinking, you, I've seen Mint Salad kick, and her kicks will fucking dislodge a whole body. Like, she'll destroy shit. you with a kick, so you don't want to fuck with that. Hassan, you don't want to fuck with that. No, don't, don't. I'll, don't challenge me to a fight because I'll win. Now, do you, did you guys see the iDubs documentary uh, called Getting Away With It about Sam Hyde? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, the... the uh, both versions of Idubs and Sam Hyde's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but do you remember the 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 moment where he's he's out there and he's like boxing with Idubs and just like under ba- the bridge, just to, yeah, under the bridge, just like toying with Idubs. I think that's the reason Idubs even like started training and getting into shape and started his own like um, MMA thing that yeah. Idubs yeah. is doing. But they we wouldn't let Sam Hyde into it, which is just kind of shitty because Sam Hyde, I think, is the reason that Idubs even started doing it. I don't know. Yeah. 
I um, think it was definitely a situation where like Idubs realized like that the like his it, he he must have felt pretty like physically disadvantaged towards Sam Hyde with that like practice under the bridge. And yeah, I would bet that stuck with him as like man, if I could have beat that guy's ass, it would have been a very different video yeah you know like yeah if like part of sam part of why sam hyde is able to do everything he does is that he is physically intimidating he's just bigger than fuck and like it's really gonna challenge you to like you know what are you gonna tell that guy to stop same with frank hassel the guy is just huge you know and like he he doesn't usually do anything that threatening he just looks intimidating and then does like says something funny and then people are like oh god i don't know what to do like intimidating <laughs> person is speaking to me yeah um, oh boy so yeah. like for idubs i'm sure Kevin. after feeling that effect he probably was like well i want to be the intimidating one now and, and now he's jacked so, yeah. yeah yeah honestly good for him good th- like i personally i feel it's from like a place of well, I need to be able to defend myself, and now he can, yeah. too. I mean, that's how I would honestly. My method is more like surround myself with strong people. So okay, yeah, that works. You're one of those fit. You're part of. I want to be strong. I've always strong. wanted to be strong. You know. Kevin Costner is nine feet tall and ripped his shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Kevin Costner is yeah. nine. Fact check true. Kevin Costner. (laughs) Watch him in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's Hulk Hogan talking about Kevin Costner there. Um, Fun. Yeah, no. Um. Well, yeah. I guess I I was gonna. I was gonna like do a start doing a poll here, maybe, and see like who. But I'm afraid nobody knows who Sam Hyden and Sam Piker are. That's the problem. Your audience, I think they will definitely press one now. What? I, I think for our normal current business hours, please press one. For our location, please press two. For answers to frequently asked questions about how buying, selling, and trading works, please press three. To leave a message, keeping in mind that we are unable to do inventory searches or give estimates over the phone, please press four. Please press zero. If you'd like to hear these options again. Oh, I guess I can't even talk to a real person. I was going to ask, um, I was going to call a couple of bookstores and see who they thought would win in a fight between Sam Hutton and Sam Ooh, Ooh yeah. Bookstore. That makes sense why the voice was like that. <laughs> the like guy sounded like a, yeah, he's like a cross between a librarian and a traveling door-to-door um, encyclopedia salesman. <laughs> so it's in designed not to intimidate. <laughs> Um, but I did I did cut you off earlier. Um, so I guess my question is, uh, Mint, what is Fansly or what is a Fansly? Is it like OnlyFans, oh, but just more better? Much more better? A drawing is, of a key? It a is drawing. more better. Much more better. It is more better, honestly. Jack Sparrow like, said uh, that, right? Much more better. Much more better. Yeah. Probably. But also, Fansly. It is a more better OnlyFans... Uh, there's, there's a, honestly, the biggest thing, the difference is you can have, like, tier subscriptions on Fansly, so you can offer more content than OnlyFans. And so I have more so it's like a Patreon content on, model, almost. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then it, I have a lot more content on uh, Fansly because I have two tiers on there. 
So one's like, you know, just normal lewd shit and then one's a little bit spicier lewd shit. And it's it's quite it's quite spicy. (laughs) Like a jalapeno, but a stronger jalapeno. You know, that stuff. Like a ghost pepper. Uh let's yeah, very... Maybe not that spicy. Uh, not... Slightly less spicy. Whatever... Pe- that's like the hottest pepper. Oh, well, whatever that is like less hot. Pornography no, well, like a habanero. <laughs> habanero, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. It's like a jalapeno and a habanero. Yes, it's, it's very you. fun. And... Uh, Did you jalapenos during the break? <laughs> <laughs> you also answer all your DMs on there. Yes, well. anyone who DMs me. Will... It's the only real way to get to talk to... Mitsalad. Exactly. Fansley.com slash titsmitsalad. Yes. I do love the, because uh, you've done some great art commissions for this show, which I appreciate. Yes. And I do love that it's mint, it's mint Salad, like the alternative account was Tits Mint Salad. That actually that got a hearty chuckle out of me when I noticed the two yes. differences between the two Twitters. Ah, uh, uh, yes. The tits. That's the, the added tea. Yeah. It's yeah. very important. Very clever. I have jalapeno plants right behind my pool at my house. I eat yeah. them pickled. I eat them raw. I eat them grilled. I love jalapenos. So is there, are you going to, are you planning on doing a tier where if somebody pays enough, you'll like actually sell real jalapenos? Um. Or maybe like, I mean, in the mail, they might go bad. So you'd have to like pickle them. Oh, like grow my own jalapenos? You gotta grill them. Grill. I don't know. You brought up jalapenos, not me. I'm just trying. To... A smoked jalapeno is a chipotle. Oh, is that real? Yeah, that's what a chipotle is. Oh, I didn't. Well, why know are that. chipotles red? Because they're they grilled. Smoked. 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 Oh, they've been smoked in a smoker. Like he smoked salmon goes in the, the smoker, but in the same machine as that. I, is that I'm, correct? I'm just realizing that Smoke. now I know how Alex Jones got that voice. It's cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> is it the cigarettes? I guess cigarettes it's a cigarettes. jalapenos. Yeah, exactly. Jalapenos. His mouth is too spicy for it to contain his voice. His fucking throat's probably completely numb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe. Hot pockets and honey buns. Yep. Hot Pockets will do that, too, actually. The, yeah, that guy's fucking whole windpipe is just completely ruined. I think that more it's comes from, like, almost 30 years of screaming six hours a day. But yeah, the cigarettes I mean, don't help. Well, just, like, have been drinking lava. <laughs> just take a... Have a With his hot takes. I got a in my backyard, and I just drank lava. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like a cocktail. He's eating jalapenos during the break. I... You, okay, so... I don't know if I ever got to answer what kind of rum you're drinking on. Uh, what's the good one? Is it the 151? Rum? Yes, 151 rum, pineapple okay. juice. What's the rest of the lyrics? I don't know. Uh, you gotta learn how to make a caribou loo, and then you'll know the rest of the. Yes, lyrics. all right. Caribou loo. Uh, whatever she said, that one. That's the good yeah. rum. Take nine. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like um the it's kind of like the, like when um. Was it the Ten Crack Commandments? No, there was like an actual. No, it wasn't that. There was like an actual rapper that like Ten. listed out in his song how to make how to cook crack and gave an exact recipe. The um, the Ten Crack Commandments is it wasn't that one song. Yeah, that's about like selling crack. Right. I don't know. The don't one get high on your own supply. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Well, now I need to hear that one <laughs> so I can make me some crack. Forty bucks for a half ounce. <laughs> Either the market for crystal meth fell off a cliff, or I just bought a bag of rat poison. 
Not the only one way to find out. <laughs> I love Norm Macdonald. Oh. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in power. Did you ever see that show with him and Mike Tyson um, where he played the pigeon? Uh, Mike Tyson Mysteries? Yeah. I, I only saw like one episode and I remember it being like fever dream insane. Yeah, it's no, like it's Scooby Doo on crack. Yes, it's, yeah, no, it's it's yeah. it's Scooby Doo, but like, um, I don't even. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Mike Tyson because in real life, Mike Tyson loves pigeons, so it's just great that Norm Macdonald played his pet pigeon. I thought it was hilarious, but yeah, no, it's it's hit or miss. Well, but when it's good, it's fucking really good. That show. I'm definitely gonna have to show that to Mint after she finishes. She's been reviewing Scooby Doo movies and shows. Yes, yes. She does I've seen a couple. Velma costume. Yeah. I also have a Daphne and a Scooby. I'm gonna be oh, use, I unveiling. Have a Daphne too. Yeah, I've got a Daphne. You make such a good Velma. I like every time I see it. I'm like, that's just Velma. Man, I'm so excited to be Daphne because Velma's like, sexy as fuck. Fuck Daphne, dude. Like all like all the all the homies, all the real OGs know I that will. Velma's the sexy one. <laughs> They're I... all hot. They're both hot. Velma is the hotter one. I agree. Yes, I agree. But also. It, it also depends. It depends on like the the depiction, right? Like, I mean, Velma in the fucking James Gunn movie that you reviewed is insanely hot, but she just looks like a porn actress who she's also, like Velma. Yeah, so. she's uh, and it was Sarah Michelle Gellar that played Daphne in that, right? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think so. She was but also the chick hot. that played Velma in that was in Freaks and Geeks, is where I first saw her. Oh. I don't remember there being a girl that hot in Freaks and Geeks. She was the main character in Freaks and Geeks. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Wow. She looked very different in that show then. But that... Let's look it up. I might be... I don't want to spread fake news. <laughs> yeah, because she had big tits and, and, and big front teeth, so I believe it was the same. Linda, Linda Cardellini. Linda Car- Cardellini wow. was the lead in um, in Freaks and Geeks. So if I just put Linda Cardellini Velma, that should come up. Yeah. Same girl. Wow. So in Freaks and Geeks, they were trying their hardest to make a really hot girl look kind of nerdy. Hmm. And in in a Scooby-Doo movie, they just put glasses on a really hot girl and said, she's a nerd guy. Also, yeah. the uh, whenever she does wear the V-neck in the first movie, very hot. She gets short and skirt, very good outfit. I definitely want that to be sold, but... I, maybe it sold somewhere, but the places I l- was looking, they only had the, you know, the OG costume, which is still kind of hot, but you also have to, you know, it, it, it takes a certain type of body figure to fill out a Velma cosplay. What do you think, Trixie? <laughs> I agree. I think, well, um, it's interesting, too, because I saw the... the the dressings you have a show called salad dressing yeah you try on the outfits that you do on your patreon yeah uh asc presents patreon um and the you were like complaining about how baggy the outfit is you're like oh i want it to be like tight on my body yeah because you want it to look sexy but like velma she does just wear a big baggy thing it's just that her tits are so big that you could still see that she has big tits and okay. that's part of the attraction is that like wow even in all that fucking sweater i can still see your tits the turtleneck okay. yeah that makes more sense yeah yeah it's, she's, you know she's not supposed to be the sexualized character she's like the smart bookish one but she is hot she's <laughs> just not like displaying it you know okay that makes more sense daphne now sarah michelle like, geller yeah as daphne right like yeah what did you think about that choice 
Uh, she's hot. I think Velma's hotter, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, she she's real hot. I like her cosplay. I mean, she was I mean, hot I'm in Buffy, too. I'm excited to cosplay her. Buffy, I have Buffy, not seen Buffy the Vampire Buffy. Slayer? Yeah, you'll watch it eventually. Eventually I'll watch it. Uh, but it the, the redhead in Buffy that was Sarah Michelle Gellar's friend, Buffy's friend, was hotter than Buffy. Damn. What was her name? Hmm. The redhead chick? I don't know. I also never watched Buffy. Well, okay, so the redhead in Buffy was in How I Met Your Mother. I also didn't watch much of that. Did you watch How I Met Your Mother, man? Oh, it's Neil Patrick Harris and Jason Segel. Yeah, it's not that That's good of a show, but like I've had, mm. I know pe- I've known people that were like obsessed with it. It's like the Friends of its era, almost. Yeah. Um, it's got more yeah. of like a plot. It's like Friends. Well, no, Friends had a plot. It was just very. It's just a shitty plot. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Friends was uh, so. Dude, Friends was the Big Bang Theory of its day. As in, like, just true. lazy writing and. Laugh track to make you think what they're saying is funny, but really, if you take away the laugh track, none, nothing's funny. I'll tell you, man. We've been rewatching the 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 early seasons of The Big Bang Theory, and it's uh it's not bad. It it, it got bad somewhere along the line. It got really bad, but uh, it didn't start off that bad. Okay, maybe I just like haven't the seen the episode, um. I I haven't like seen the probably episode, the first season. Like, Sheldon doesn't come off as like. Some baby fucking autist. He comes off as like so much smarter than everybody that he just doesn't want to have to deal with them because their problems are boring. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different like power dynamic. And and then you can feel where the writers were like, uh oh, like you gotta nerf him. We gotta nerf these characters and make them like dumber and easier for people to understand and like less aggressive and more weird and like, uh, you know. The undercurrent, underlying theme of the show, I think, is trying to teach, like, weirdos how to get laid. But the show, like, in its attempt to dumb itself down so that normies could understand it, instead, like, made all the weirdos not want to watch it. So it doesn't help anybody get laid. It it ended up being a vehicle for, like, regular people to laugh at nerds. And uh, I don't think that was the point, originally. I think the show was supposed to be for nerds in the beginning, and then somewhere along the line it, like, deviated off and... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I didn't see any of the, or I, I probably didn't see the first season or two. But every time I watched it, and I love on YouTube, if you like put in B- Big Bang Theory, no laugh track, like people have dedicated oh, so yeah, much time it's to fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, it's so awkward. It's, least, it's it's hilarious. Yeah, how not funny it is. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's, but I think one of the best things about Big Bang Theory I've heard is Big Bang Theory is a show about smart people marketed towards dumb people, and Arrested Development yeah. is a show about dumb people made for smart people that makes sense which Arrested Development was like some of the most brilliant writing of in all of television like uh that was a good one Always Sunny's kind of like that too where it's like the Always Sunny's fucking wild yeah I mean like just alone if you just take the character arc of Cricket the uh like he starts off as a priest and over time just becomes like a disfigured homeless crack crackhead and it's all directly oh, it's all directly because of the gang's fault and you see like what they've done to this guy over the course of like like where he's got like sores on his arms that like he lets dogs fuck and stuff in the alleyways oh. it's like <laughs> it's like oh my wow 
Yeah, uh, always sunny is like, can we go lower? Yeah. It's just like, how can we push these characters to an even lower station? The life? answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. Always. They found a way. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. That that show is like, um, it's an acquired taste, but especially if you follow, if you actually follow the, it seems like it's just a bunch of people yelling over each other when you first come into like an episode of that show. But if you follow the, the B plots, like the B and C lines of like the characters that are around them, it's like, they pretty much always stay the same. Like Danny DeVito and the other, and D and Dennis and Mac, but like everybody around them over the course of the 15 or 16 years that show's been on, like everyone around them, they have just made their lives progressively and progressively worse. Like if you just follow the character arcs of everybody around them, like just the horrible, um, it's, it's kind of incredible. Like how the attention to detail they put in that. Um, it's brutal. It's a brutal series. Curb Your Enthusiasm is similar in that way. But that's a great show. Largely improvised in the, like, in the, like, on stage. Like, they plan out the episode. And then like an outline, people yeah. People know what's going on, and certain people don't. Like, <laughs> particularly with Kirby Enthusiasm, like, uh, Larry David's wife would not be told what was going to happen. So she's just, like, reacting to everything, like, what is fucking going on? <laughs> and uh, everyone else is just spewing madness around her. But, like, similar to Always Sunny, it's just, like, everyone's constantly miscommunicating and fucking up. And in the end, it's just, like, creating the most awkward scenario. And usually the episode ends, like right at the cringe apex. Like, right when you're like, no! And then it's just, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna watch that show now. That show's it's great. That, good. It's really um, yeah, there's, like, it, if you start from the beginning, I think the first, like, within the first couple episodes, Bob Odenkirk plays, like, the porno guy. And that was the episode oh, that yeah. really drew me in. That was so fun. Like, um, but yeah, like you, the season seven, I think it is, is a whole season about them making a Seinfeld reunion. Yes, and it's genius. It is, it, it is the sequel to Seinfeld. Yeah, like if you want, if if you if you've seen Seinfeld and you haven't seen that season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, you haven't seen the sequel to Seinfeld. Is yeah. Jerry Seinfeld in the sequel? Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody's in there. George. Oh. It's um, about because Larry David, who created Curb Your Enthusiasm, wrote he created Seinfeld. Oh. With okay. Seinfeld. So, like, Seinfeld, they ended it after 10 seasons during, like, the height of its popularity because they were like, all right, like, it's it's only going to go downhill from here. Let's quit while we're ahead. <laughs> and then Curb Your Enthusiasm is an HBO show that started in, like, 2000 and comes back, like, every few years. And, uh, you know, since it was successful in and of itself, they were like, what if we did a whole season of this show that is about doing a Seinfeld reunion hmm. so that we could make fun of the idea of doing a Seinfeld reunion instead of actually doing one. Okay. Um, That's fun. And in the process, it is a Seinfeld reunion. It's just that the characters are not playing the characters from Seinfeld. They're playing the, like exaggerated, hilarious versions of themselves. Mm. Re, you know, getting together to make a Seinfeld reunion. So it's, it's yeah. several layers of, of meta deep. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, and they, they even acknowledge, like, Michael uh, Richards' uh, like inward slip-up at the... Or not, you couldn't even call it a slip-up. Yeah. But, like, the... <laughs> when he was a, but, uh, but, yeah, so they they acknowledge that. They And, um, God, what's what's the guy that plays George's name? He, he played Duckman in that Jason iconic Alexander. cartoon. Jason Alexander, yeah. He's great in that. Like, I, I love the, the scene where he's talking about how George is, like, such a fucking idiot. And he's like, well, George is an idiot. He wouldn't do this in the, what in like, in, in Seinfeld, the reunion. And Larry's all pissed off because he based the character of George on himself. <laughs> it's like. Right. Uh, it's, anyway. Uh, but. The fact that he, the fact that Larry David would admit that 
uh, that he based George on himself. It's like, man, you really don't realize that you must be the worst guy of all time. No, like George no. Costanza is the worst. Human. Oh, oh no. Um, well, Larry like, kind of goes out of his way to make himself like that on Curve. Like, um, yeah, he's like, he's definitely he's talked about how people will come up to him in the streets and like expect him to like be like aggressive or like like they try to get him to like start Larry Daviding at him. He's like, I'm just like, it's a show. You know, it's a yeah. TV show. I'm not, I am not, it's it's me externalizing thoughts I have, not, uh, what, not representing my actual life. But, um, you know, it's, nobody could live that way. Nobody could live like Larry David. It, it would be too much. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have a, okay, so while we're on TV shows, I don't know if you guys were big Breaking Bad fans, but what did you think of Better Call Saul? Or did you, you get far enough to see the, I, the I series either. finale? Um, I've what? seen all of Breaking Bad. I've seen the first season of Better Call Saul. Uh, and then I didn't really continue with that because it wasn't on Netflix for... The, the later seasons weren't on Netflix for the longest time. And now oh, yeah. that they're there, I just haven't gone around to watching it. Uh, I think it's better than Breaking Bad. I think it's better. Uh, for me, season I, one kind of started it's not off as really more of a comedy, for though. But me. yeah, but if you, I mean, I recognize that it's good, but it's like at the same time, it's it's a little slow for me. I liked how uh, Breaking Bad just kind of like got up and started running, just like all right, you're immediately just going to start making meth, and this is more about like a uh, 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 Jimmy. His last name isn't Goodman, right? McGill, now. yeah. Um, because he changes his name McGill. to Saul Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. He. But, I mean, it's about like his. Uh, it's to explain it to Trixie. It's kind of about like his start of uh, his Goodman business. It's going into the backstory of like how he was uh, part of a law firm, but his older brother is like the head of this like really big law firm, but he has like this electromagnetic sensitivity kind of thing that he is dealing with and so he doesn't want to go into the law office and his brother's kind of like estranged from it and that's really about the most i've gotten into okay and it's a little slow for me yeah it's the first uh, i think the first two seasons were a little bit like kind of slower paced but there is also like i mean there's a lot of there's a lot more comedic stuff early on in that show too but hmm. the yeah. um everybody from breaking bad is in it um because the show ends where the show ends around season two of Breaking Bad when Walt and Jesse hire him as their lawyer. So okay. like, so it's it it bleeds into where Breaking Bad even like spoiler alert, but Walt and Jesse are in season two or the last season a little bit. Uh, everybody throughout the show, like the Salamancas, Mike is pretty much the main character outside of Saul Goodman in Better Call Saul. So like, Mike was always yeah. one of my favorite characters. So that was one of the best things about that show. Yeah. Um, but and it gives that. you the back. I, like, I mean, you have the backstory about how the lab got built that Walt and Jesse worked in for Gus. You got like Hank and right. everybody's back in it. And the best thing about the show is Skylar and Marie. Those two annoying cunts are not in <laughs> Better Call Saul because that was the worst part uh, about Breaking Bad. And like Kim, the the leading woman in Breaking Bad, is actually cool and like good. It's not like okay. Skylar and Marie were just like horrible. Like they ruined Breaking Bad, honestly. Almost. I mean, I I. I did not really like Marie because she stole <laughs> things, and it's like I don't want. It was just drama. It's like are I'm you not watching... written to 
it's like, are you written to have me hate you? Honestly, like that's how I felt like it. Yeah, Skylar is a little annoying, but yeah, uh, I'm definitely very interested in getting back into that show. It it's very, it's the best. It's my, I think it's my favorite show I've watched, uh, and it's just so the attention to detail, especially now going back and watching Breaking Bad, where they had stuff that like seemed like throwaway lines in Breaking Bad, um, where it's integral to the plot in Better Call Saul. Like, um, okay. Like, when they first kidnap um, Saul and, like, put him in front of that grave the first episode he's in when they're trying to get Badger out of jail, Walt and Jesse are. Yeah. And, and, like, there's this throwaway line in Breaking Bad where, like, Saul's, like, thinks this guy named Lalo sent him. And they're, like, they don't know who Lalo is. And he's, like, freaking out because he thinks he's about to get murdered. Like, Lalo's, like, one of the main bad guys in Better Call Saul. And, like, when you make the... They have all these little connections. Um... That just gives so much more backstory to the to Breaking Bad. But anyways, um, video game donkey, if you're familiar with him, I am. Okay, he did a um, he did a very donkey. thorough review uh, a couple weeks ago. He posted okay. a very thorough review of Better Call Saul. I see. I have not seen that yet. Um, I'll play it. I'll play it for you now. Oh, amazing! Uh, <laughs> Here you go. Um, you better watch this show. It was a three-second um. video. <laughs> <laughs> you better watch the show, yeah. You better watch the show, yeah. No, I, I, I fuck it. I did, There's like I would talk about it more, but I don't want to get into spoilers if you're only on season one or whatever. But, but yeah, it's yeah, it's fantastic. You're gonna have to watch it. Yeah. I still haven't seen the original Breaking Bad because for me, even that was a little slow. Uh, really, but I like the the roof pizza. I've seen that scene before. It definitely speeds up towards the end seasons. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot more happening in, like, certain, like, season three, season four. Like, oh, what is all this stuff that's happening? It's all these wacky adventures. Yeah, no, it's... And and, uh, Better Call Saul's the same way. And also the amount of, like... Especially, like, the last... Because it had six seasons. And, the like, the last three seasons of Better Call Saul especially taught you how to run so many good scams. Like, the writers came huh. up with some of these, like, most intricate scams where it's like, that would actually work. I mean, a lot of them, since it, it takes place, like, six years before Breaking Bad, or at least it, it starts off there. A lot of that stuff is, um, probably wouldn't work today because now, like, mm. you know, there's ring doorbells everywhere and, like, people would get, a lot of the scams, like, you know, you, they wouldn't work in this surveillance state that we live in. But yeah. back in, you know, uh, when everybody had flip phones... And there wasn't really GPS or anything, and you know that the, the some of the I mean some of the scams still would work today, but it's g- <laughs> kind of genius, like all the um, intricacies of. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain some of them, um, but yeah, it's, man, that sounds that sounds very fascinating. I also, it's like if if honestly, if they're talking about the scams, though, I feel like if they're mentioning it, then it wouldn't work because it's old, and if they it was to work. Someone would be using it, but no, maybe somebody is. That's what I think about it, though. Well, there. I mean, there's. I'm trying to think of like an example of one that's not too much of a spoiler for the plot. If I were to try to explain it, but I mean, oh, there's one. Like there. Okay, so this isn't really a scam, but they're Howard, the guy that works at the law firm you were talking about. Uh, Kim and yeah. and Saul, because I think he's Saul by this point, are just trying to fuck with him, and so. Um, like Saul's defending these two hookers and he just kind of on a whim before they actually start fucking with Howard, the lawyer, they, 
he he gets these two hookers. He pays them to go interrupt um, Howard in the middle of dinner and start saying like, "You owe us money. You owe you owe us money, Howie." <laughs> yeah, well, you know you owe us that money, and he's like in the middle of like sitting at dinner with his boss, and then yeah. so the, and they start um like they they like sneak into his um golf uh, his country club golf course and like put coke in his locker so that it'll fall out like yeah. a fake bag of cocaine, and they um <laughs> they like stage it they sta- they Jimmy like gets his hair to look exactly like Howard's hair and puts like some you know tanning lotion on so that he looks a little more like him. And Ooh, drives. Funny. It pays a hooker to like drive by his boss and throw the hooker out of the car and and steals his car without him knowing to, and then delivers the car back. Just like over the course oh. of months, they're like trying to assassinate this guy's character. And some of the ways they do it is like genius. Um, but I won't tell. That I won't tell you how that beeline. That is. sounds fun. I yeah, mean, it, it's a fun show. Character assassination <laughs> seems to be very effective by the way by what they're doing, <laughs> the ways you're describing them. You know, so it's that sounds very fun. I'd definitely like to catch up on that show. What have y'all been watching? Soon. Um, mostly a lot of movies. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was one. I recently watched uh, it, the 2017 one. Also, they slashed them. Yeah, these are all movies that you just recently reviewed. Uh, yeah, yep, on youtube.com slash ASC Presents. I do daily movie reviews. Daily? So, daily! Daily! Yeah. 7 so, p.m. Yeah, Eastern every fun. day, right? Uh, 9 uh, nine p.m. Nine, yeah, nine okay. Nine p.m. Eastern. So uh, yeah, nine Eastern every day. Today's is Pirates. Yes. Uh, and we also we bounce around a lot when it comes to like the TV viewing because we've got all these. We've got one of those TVs where you got all the streaming services as like you know buttons, so we just <laughs> kind of bounce between different streaming services to yeah. find uh, like what's up right now. We've. Uh, as I mentioned, we were rewatching like early Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men because they're both written by Chuck Lorre, and Chuck Lorre he's he's been a TV writer for a long time, and ever since he was the creator of uh, Dharma and Greg, he's had these end cards like at the end of every episode. Vanity of the show, cards. Like a, yeah, the vanity. He was speaking of character assassination. That. He went after Charlie Sheen hard in those vanity cards. He was saying like Charlie Sheen is lifeless inside. He has no soul. That was at the end of Two and a Half Men before yeah. they shut it down. We we just rewatched last night the episode where he's replaced, um, which opens with his funeral, and it's just all the characters shitting on him ruthlessly. Wow, the character, his he gets cremated, and there's like a scene where the brother is like gonna go, you know, throw the ashes out over like um, over the beach, and then he gets scared and accidentally like just throws them all over the house. <laughs> the maid comes oh, wow. out, and she's like, "I'm not cleaning him up." It was would, who cleans them up? Who does no, it? Uh, we don't know. I assume the brother eventually did. Okay. I it, think it was never shown. I think I, I might have. On, I wonder man. if I have this. I might have a clip back from my old. I uh, wonder if I can find. I don't even know if I can find this. Maybe. But, Let's uh, try yeah, that. Just to explain for your audience the, the production cards, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, at the end of every episode of a Chuck Lurie show, there will be like two seconds where he just has, like, a big, like, page of text on the screen. And originally, back before, you know, DVR and all that, because this goes back to, like, 98, he was writing these just for people who were taping the episodes and actually, like, going back, pausing on that screen and and bothering to read it. So only, like, big-time TV aficionados were ever going to see this type of message. And the early ones are all, like, 
very thoughtful and intriguing, often have like kind of a spiritual tinge to them, and it's usually just him like figuring out life, but he's a really good writer. So the writing style, being as he's like a TV comedy writer, it's very similar to like Dick Masterson, for instance. If, if you read the write-ups on The Dick Show, it's like a similar kind of writing style and, and worldview. So, like, uh, there's a compilation of all of the Chuck Lorre end cards on YouTube that's, like, five hours long. And uh, <laughs> so we just sat around, like, reading them for a while because they're so intriguing. And I like reading. So, uh, you know, I, as in I was reading them, like, aloud to, to, to everyone. How many of them were him shitting on Charlie Sheen? We haven't gotten that far yet. We're still... Again, We're still in the Dwarmer... Uh, Darwin Gray. Dra- yeah, that era. It's, it's okay. so many. There's, like... Thousands of because he's been a TV writer for uh, like 25, 30. He's been now it's been like 30 years, I think. Around there, do you remember so when Charlie Sheen saying. called him Heim Levine? Yeah, that's I think what got him kicked out of, off the show. <laughs> yeah, said he started doxing his Hebrew name, oh. uh, <laughs> making Jew, Jew jokes about him. Um, that's not how you get people to like you, Charlie Sheen. Well, maybe he didn't mean it as an insult. Hmm. He was in a, you know, tiger blood. The tiger blood was coursing through his veins. He couldn't help himself. It was a different era. Oh, boy. Different drugs, you know. Uh, I don't know what he's doing now. Um, I I did, I I was late on this drop, but... You're Jewish, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I think I found the clip I was looking for. This is Alex Jones on The View. an interview that Charlie Sheen did with ABC correspondent Amanda Canning and where he passionately defends his lifestyle of drug use and partying but it all started with a radio show rant last Thursday that prompted CBS to cancel the rest of the season of his hit sitcom and we just want to show a little bit of the clip and then you'll meet the man he was talking to take a look I'm Levine, yeah, that's Chuck's real name, uh, mistook this rock star for his own selfish exit strategy, bro. Check it, Alex. I embarrassed him in front of his children and the world by healing at a pace that, that his unevolved mind cannot process. Okay, last I checked, Heim, uh, I've spent, I think, close to the last decade, I don't know, effortlessly and magically converting your, your tin cans into pure gold. <laughs> well, joining now is the radio show host and close friend of Charlie Sheen, the man he was talking to, Alex Jones. Welcome. Thanks for having me. If, if I could just say one thing, I've known Charlie for about six and a half years. He's never drunk alcohol, used drugs in front of me. He's been completely clean for almost a decade until about seven months ago. Now he's come off the drugs and the alcohol, clean. which is almost <laughs> like you know being off your meds. It has the same effect. So he's supercharged. He's angry. He's focused. Uh, and I know that when they interviewed him at his house, because I talked to him, they interviewed him for about two hours. And that's a little kind of joke uh, that's uh, out of context. He's tired of being judged and uh, him being held up as the ultimate demon in this world. He didn't kill a million people in Iraq. Uh, he wasn't involved with the takedown of Building 7 here in New York. And he thinks there's bigger devils out there uh, than himself. And Chuck Lorre's put out a whole bunch of these cue cards while having management tell him a month ago, if you speak out against four episodes being cut, we're going to fire you. Then he, then he starts putting out all of these... Uh, Chuck uh, yes, uh, Chuck Lorre. He starts putting out... He starts putting out vanity cards, not just on Two and a Half Men, but on other shows saying Charlie Sheen is dead inside 
and soulless. You didn't show the worst one there. And so Charlie's told, we're tying your hands. Now we're going to beat you up for whatever so, contract. Let me, let, me, let me ask you. So the, the, big, the question that I have is, who's, so you're saying Chuck Lorre started this? With the vanity card. With the vanity card. And up front had management, according to Charlie. And I've been there when he's on the phone with his management or his manager comes over. You're they, too fast for me, baby. Slow down. Well, I know we don't have a lot of time. I'm getting on they told him, they, before he said a word, they said, we're doing this, and if you criticize it, you're going to be fired. And he said, why are you telling me this? You know, I'm going through a hard time right now. But he didn't understand it then. I think they're trying to make him quit or something, so I have to pay out his contract or the $100 million in syndication. I think there's some shenanigans going on here. But and then they start the putting these going? things out. Then they start putting these vanity cards out, uh, trying to prod him and push him. Tell people what vanity cards are. I don't think people know. Okay, most, most shows have a logo at the end, you know, like a little dog or the MGM. Lion, uh, Chuck Lorre uh, has these uh, big write-ups at the end of his show. And imagine at the end of the show with Charlie Sheen and other CBS shows. This is on air. This is on air, saying this man is soulless. This man is dead inside. Uh, I mean, you, let me ask you this: Do you think, because from that clip that we saw, a lot of people would ascertain, okay, or assume that Charlie was on drugs again? You say he wasn't. Do you think he's, he's taking blood tests? Do you think he's? I've been at his house when they come right. in, take the blood, I take, take the urine. That. I take your I was there two weeks ago. Do you? I, I hear you. Do you think cookie? he's manic depressive? I mean, as a friend, do you say, take okay, blood, this is something else? You guys are in the boat. It's not the drugs. He's actually suffering from manic, dis manic no. depressive disorder. Let's just remember, you know, Charlie's been a star. Charlie's been a star for 30 years, and all people know about is these episodes where he explodes. The Charlie Sheen I know is a compassionate guy who's really smart. The episodes where he explodes. You don't I mean, think he was saying, uh, you know, this is the best thing that happened to the people who are with me. They're never going to regret it. They the had magic. the best kind. You know, this is on drugs, tearing up rooms in hotels. What about that explosion? I know this. I don't use illegal drugs but when i quit smoking i've had a long battle with that i feel horrible it's kind of funny that he says that because he just did a podcast with mike tyson where they did mushrooms together <laughs> i mean he said a lot of like everything he said about charlie sheen's sobriety i am sure is equally true as him saying oh i don't do illegal drugs <laughs> also i mean he uh charlie sheen did call chuck Lorre an unevolved mind in in a call, so I I see this is somewhat deserved. I think I'm on. I don't like. Chuck, I'm on. I'm on Charlie Sheen's side on this one, all the way. I think Ch I think Chuck Lorre is an asshole. That makes bad. Television. Yeah, me too. They're they're both. They're, I mean, I'm Charlie Sheen's no angel. Sides. And Charlie Sheen's no angel here. I, I I'm thinking what probably happened if I had to guess. Chuck Lorre, you know, he's making this show. He's watching the soul disappear out of Charlie Sheen. He's trying to tell people about it. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody will listen. Nobody knows what to do. And he's like, I need to reach out to the world. I'm going to just put it in my end card. See if somebody can do something about this. And, uh, you know, something happened. Was it what he wanted? Probably not. Maybe it wasn't a good idea. But, you know, uh, he's got the Big Bang Theory. And that's the biggest show ever. I don't... The letter yeah. existed before the end of Two and a Half Men, right? Or before Charlie Sheen left it. So, I don't know. I guess he's just been running fucking both. What a madman. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, at that point, it's kind of like you... In 2007. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like at that yeah. point, though, like, you have... You're pretty much hands-off for the most part. You're, you're, you're When you're a showrunner, creator of a show, like... It's kind of like how Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland, it, you can tell, don't have... I mean, it's not, that's probably a bad example with Rick and Morty, but... Um, yeah, I would say that's a bad example mostly because they still do the voices and and they're the head writers. But um, I mean, Chuck here's a here's a good example. Of the la like Mike just said, like the last three seasons of King of the Hill, 
he pretty much just let them write it and all he did was remotely record the Hank Hill's voice <laughs> from his place because he trusted them to run the Rick show. And Morty, Rick and Morty will get there eventually. Like, because, and I remember, so I've been watching the development of that show really closely where, like, after season two, a whole lot of their, like, best people got poached from the show where, like, uh, like their, their best backup guys um, were all hired by Disney because, like, Adult Swim wouldn't, they just couldn't outbid to keep those people over what Disney was willing to pay them. Right. And so, like, uh, Justin Roiland was out there doing periscopes and stuff talking about, like, look, if season three sucks, this is why. Like, I'm, like, basically, Justin Roiland has so many roles on the show, not just voice, but, like, he, he does the design work, he writes a lot of it, he comes up with a lot of the ideas. So, like, the show can only go as fast as he can, like, continue supplying himself to it. And so that's why it took, like, forever for them to make season three, because they're, like, losing talent, and they're having to, like, overclock Justin to get anything done. Um, and then season three, be, like, blew up to a level of popularity that, like, far outstripped what the show had up to that point. The Pickle Rick, the Chezwan sauce, all that bullshit. Yeah. Memes. And now it's, like, as popular as Family Guy. Because, like, you go... If you're sitting there scrolling through TikToks or whatever, like, as many yeah. Family Guy and Futurama clips as, as Rick and Morty clips are going to come up. So now that the show actually makes enough money that they can double down on it, Dan and Justin have said that they think the show can continue forever. They're just like, yeah, uh, season six has started. We already know season seven's in the bag, and we are just going to let this show what? run. I think it's just... Wasn't that Vito's last problem, show. too, was female comedy writers? You know, it's I, I don't I don't think that the Rick and Morty writers room is like dominated by women. No, but they I did. Well, know. you got to admit, women did ruin Robot Chicken when they hired all those female comedy writers. And I think I there's a little bit of that going on. Season five of Rick and Morty had some episodes that were just garbage. I haven't seen all of season five yet. I actually I uh, caught up on just the plot important ones so that I can be ready for season six. And the start of season six was awesome. Fucking fan! I didn't even know it was episode. out yet. It yeah, it came out the other day. Um, I won't spoil too much for you, but it's it's very clearly trying to create like a new status quo of like, all right, here's like, uh, man, I don't. Want to it's spoil really it. hard to describe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is, does it have to do with the evil Morty and the Citadel Ricks and all that? Um. Well, all that kind of like at the end of season five. Evil Morty... Spoilers, up. by the way, for yeah. everyone. At the end of season five, Evil Morty, like, blew up the Citadel and, and flew off past the central finite curve, which is, like, a section of universe where Rick... Basically, all the universes in which Rick is the smartest guy in the universe have been, like, collected and, and are, like, where the Ricks stay. And Morty wants to go beyond that into a universe where somebody else can be smarter than Rick. So he accomplishes that at the end of season five. Season six doesn't deal with evil Morty. It deals with the consequences for Rick and, you know, our Rick and Morty and their immediate family and what all of them are going to do now that they're, uh, you know, now that things are different. Um, mostly, actually, it's dealing with trying to... It's more so introducing a new, like, a central villain to the series, which is the Rick that killed Rick's uh, daughter. Um, yeah. Right, okay. Or, Wife, right? Yes, wife. Yes, wife. Both. But originally, though, like, 
Rick's the whole backstory of Rick's wife was supposed to be like a completely fabricated backstory, and then they made it a real thing, and that kind of confused me. It's because the fandom kept asking. Yeah, it's about stuff they, like. Well, because the, the Rick and Morty fandom became obsessed with the canon. Yeah, like, it became about like ooh, we want to know the answers to these mysteries, and like eventually, if they were going to actually try and flesh out a whole story, then we do need there to be a story that we yeah. can actually know. And so they just went like, "Fuck it!" Like. Why make up a new one when we already gave you a good one that you understand and we could just expand on it a little bit? Yeah, but like, so does that mean – but how does how does that kind of undoes the, the – the, it, it makes that episode not work then because like the only way Rick got out of that situation where the bugs were – had him hooked up to that thing was he gave them a fake backstory. If they if they got I mean, the real backstory, then how did he get out? Well, they they didn't exactly get the real backstory. They got something similar to it, and like okay. I had always kind of assumed, like when I watched that episode, the 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 uh, the other one, um, the Richurian candidate, my takeaway had been that he was probably giving them pretty much the real story, except for missing whatever was the important detail that would um, that would you know give it away. And mostly, my reasoning for that is. Rick is lazy and would not try to do more work than was necessary. Right. Like, he would more likely just tell you the actual story slightly abstracted in a way that would make it fuck with you. And, like, when it is revealed what happened, specifically, a Rick from another dimension showed up and killed his family. So that's... It, it's not the... it's. It's not quite the same as before because now we know there is a specific guy that he's like after who did it. Yeah. So season six, episode one is mostly about establishing that like basically what Rick has, his whole purpose this whole time has really been that he's like on a revenge plot against another version of himself that is just like the actual embodiment of chaos. Like the, the real like Loki jokester like version of him Yeah. Um, that just doesn't give a fuck actually is like... Somewhere out there, and now they now it's like a battle. Wow. So, yeah, and that's without spoiling too much. But wow, wow, <laughs> wow. I'm a Fauci saying wow drop. Wow. wow, wow. I don't know, man. I was banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how I roll. I have one speed. I have one gear. Go. What type of rock is he banging? Crack. Seven gram rocks of crack. That's that insane. Good. That sounds very poor of him. You should be using cocaine. Well, I mean, you, if it's good crack, it's pretty much the same thing, right? He can probably afford good crack. I mean, if you want to mix cocaine with baking what, soda, sure. What do you know? You don't know about crack. I only know that it's cocaine mixed with baking soda. Well, and then that the baking <laughs> and then the the baking soda makes it easier to smoke. That's all I know about it. I see. So it's like a smoky versus a snorty. Yes. Deal. Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe somebody just wanted to smoke the crack rock because it's they because like the the having the cocaine up the nose is too intimidating for them because they're a bunch of pussies. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That. that <laughs> yeah. Crack rock users are pussies. Crack was. Yo, crack cowards. was. Um. Don't even smoke crack. <laughs> crack is whack, you know yo. Song? So, Caesar, do you know Yule Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack by Viper? Maybe. It's worth looking into. It's a. Do you, have you heard of Viper, the rapper? Yeah, yeah. He's a. Yeah, he's he's his first breakout hit, the first song that like made him popular was, it's it's 
It's pronounced y'all, but it's spelled Y-O-U apostrophe L-L. Yule. Yule cowards don't even smoke crack. Maybe I can <laughs> maybe I can uh, needle drop a little bit of it without getting hit by Spotify for copyright. I think you could. I don't you even all? know if it's on Spotify, honestly. Cause well, no, but like if my podcast goes on Spotify. Oh, but, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Here's a for you. No, I keep it. They on my dick, these niggas sick. But when I do smoke, so chopped and screwed as hell. Is this oh, how it's supposed to sound? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like a bad Where's VHS. Where's from? So with that. Oh. Yo, call with y'all. Beavers go crash. Oh my god. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know the the like the the history of how crack got into the country, right? Um, it's a sad one. Government, yeah, yeah, the CIA flew like was flying was working like Iran Contra like um. Well, it started when when Bush Senior H W was the head of the CIA, and then when when he was vice president for Reagan. And Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas. Like all those guys, the Clinton was. They were flying it into Mena, Arkansas, with Barry Seal, which is that Tom Cruise movie where he played Barry Seal was kind of about. Like even in that movie, um, like the DEA and, and sheriffs in Arkansas have Barry Seal, played by Tom Cruise, arrested dead to rights with like a huge plane full of cocaine. And uh, he's like. You guys want to? He offers like the DEAs. He's like, I can get, give each of you a brand new car right now. And they're like, "Are you bribing us?" He's like, "I'm gonna be walking out of here in ten minutes, either way." And then, like in ten minutes, the phone rings and it's Governor Bill Clinton saying, "Hey, let this dude go." And then he, Tom Cruise walks out and he's like, "Y'all should have taken the cars." Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was the, the CIA fucking flooded, flooded, and introduced crack into California, Rick. Uh, Rick Ross, where uh, Freeway Ricky Ross, the rapper Rick Ross, stole his name from the real Rick Ross, who was dealing millions of dollars worth of coke in L.A. a day, hmm. and wow. um, he got he got busted, and his supply they he ratted out his supplier because he was looking at like you know ten life sentences, and his supplier came in and walked because he's like I'm I work for the CIA. So, like, the biggest huh. cocaine trafficker of all time was getting supplied by the CIA. It's drugs all the way up. It yeah. really is. The government can't sell sex, so the next best thing they got. It's all dopamine. Well, it's just, like, if you want power, you have to have something people want. And, like, by the time you get to the 80s, the only thing... It, like, everybody had everything you could possibly want except for drugs. Like... <laughs> Like, if, if the government originally was like, hey, we, we can help you get, like, houses, or we can help keep you fed, when we got to a point of, like, privilege in America where everybody's got everything, like, literally in your house, like, there was a time, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't fucking everybody in your neighborhood didn't own a measuring cup, someone <laughs> did, and you went, yeah. hey, can I get that measuring cup, Yeah, bro? right. Now it's like every single household's got its own, because you don't want to talk to your fucking neighbors, because they're terrorists, because everyone's a terrorist, Right. right? Because we all hate each other and the government. So, how do they placate an entire country of terrorists? Well, over in the other uh, side of the world, they use opium. Here, here, (laughs) this is what they use here. This is what they use here. Hot pockets and honey buns. (laughs) Yeah. That's Uh, how you pacify pacify Americans, honey buns. They like opium and, and heroin 
over there where we we've got the heroin and the opiums, but we're more about the meth and the uh, and the crack. Dude, what we we built thirteen mili- We built thirteen yeah. military bases in a perfect like circle around where ninety five percent of the world's opium comes from in Afghanistan. Like people always say, oh. the F, that war was about oil. It's like no, dude, it was about fucking heroin and opium. Makes sense. I think the the quaaludes had to go because there's. It sounds like there weren't enough like consequences for having used them. You know, like the there's not enough drawbacks. There has it, to be like a push and pull. It, what does it enlighten you? What's the what does quaaludes do? Narcotic, not addictive. Bring back the fucking quaaludes. <laughs> the uh, the well, only the I, first, I just keep hearing about him. The first representation I, I saw of quaaludes was in Wolf of Wall Street. And if that's anywhere near accurate, then they don't seem very enlightening. They seem like they just make you, like, super fucking drunk, pretty much. Interesting. The, uh, there's this amazing video from, like, 12 years ago. This big, fat dude screaming about bring back the Quaaludes, because he's talking about how, like, they were just his favorite drug in, like, the 70s and 80s. And, uh, like... Yeah, it just seems, like, similar to doing, like, Molly or something. Okay. It just makes everything heightened. He's like, you know, you have sex on a quaalude, it feels like you're going to the moon. <laughs> you gotta watch this. This video is really fucking good. It's really good. Bring back the fucking quaalude. Hang on. Hang on. Are you still there? Yeah. Very excited. Hey, can you refresh your uh, browser real quick? I think it's for some reason it got all chop, choppy chop. We restarted. That yeah. sounds better. Uh, I'm going to bathroom real quick. That Perfect. sounds better. Hey, the big man's back. www.thekickfrombrooklyn.com you ever seen them signs on a highway billboards years ago? I'd walk a mile for a camel. Or they used to have cigarette commercials. The guy used to say I'd walk a mile for a camel. Well, let me tell all you young people out there. The big man would walk 20 miles for a quaalude. Let me tell you. <laughs> That was the drug back there in the late 70s and 80s, Quaaludes, the good old Aurora 714, and they changed it to Lemon. I tell you, I wish I had a couple of them fucking lemons now. That was the best fucking drug ever made. It was so fucking good, the government took them off the fucking market because they were, they were putting the fucking drug dealers out of fucking Non-narcotic, non-addictive, bring back the fucking quaaludes! You can take all the fucking cocaine, marijuana, and all them fucking designer drugs they make today and stick them up your fucking ass! There's nothing like a fucking quaalude! (laughs) I tell you, they were the fucking best! Having sex on a quaalude, you thought you died what the heaven, let me tell you. And when you had an orgasm, you thought you were on a fucking moon. <laughs> Break that awesome. fucking quaaludes. Anyway, think about it. This is the big man, the voice, the voice of the people. <laughs>
Aurora 714! And the big man's always. Oh, I'm in his seat. That was awesome. Yeah, nothing has ever made me want any drug more than that video made me want Quaaludes. Yeah, I kind of want and one then, right now. Of course, watching The Wolf of Wall Street reinforced it. I mean, that it was the guy's whole obsession eventually in the movie was just how can I get more Quaaludes? Dude, that had the same. That video had the same energy as this one. In the seventies, I had, I was fucking twenty five fat girls to get them to go get diet pills. <laughs> All the fat girls in town was over at my house. <laughs> I'd say, baby, go on over there and get them pills now and come on back over here. And, I mean, I had all the fat women in town bringing me speed in the 70s till they cut that out, you know, in about 73. <laughs> Noah, Noah, you couldn't get no diet pill. In the 70s, I was fucking about 25 fat girls. <laughs> Give them gold beer. Get them, go on and get them pills now and come on back over here. It really is just, they're just like, yeah, you know, at some point this drug just stopped being on the market. Like, yeah. that's such a weird thought that, like... I've heard there's, like, copycat quaaludes out there you can get, but I'm sure they're not the same. Did they just, like, run out? Like... Well, they just stopped, well, yeah, they stopped making them because it was a sleeping pill, apparently, but if you would stay awake instead of going to sleep on the sleeping pill, it was just, like, the craziest fucking drug. I think that's my understanding the, the anyway. The man's theory was that it was putting drug dealers out of business. That it was, was too so good. good that you couldn't sell other drugs. Yeah. I don't know. The Maybe. CIA was running I, out of I, uh, running out of their their war chest money. Huh. Undercutting the CIA oh, can't no. do that. There's too much competition. Yeah, exactly. I do. I have yeah. a backgrounder on. Uh, God, I have so many good cocaine clips, but the I have a crack cocaine backgrounder. I think if I can. Yeah, this is like... As Oliver North's public battle over government secrets and the illegal supply of weapons to the Nicaraguan Contras is waged in Washington, congressional investigators in recent months have tried to learn if Mena, Arkansas was an illegal staging area for shipping guns to the U.S.-backed Contra rebels. It all begins in 1982, when this man, Adler Berryman Seal, showed up in Mena, Arkansas. He used to smuggle drugs, then he got caught and he became one of the government's most valuable informants in the war against cocaine. But last night in Louisiana, Barry Seal's enemies caught up with him and killed him. 17-year-old Kevin Ives and 16-year-old Don Henry were struck by a train. The medical examiner has said that the boys were asleep and drugged with marijuana. The parents, however, disputed that claim. The boys were killed because they had stumbled upon a large shipment of drugs dropped from an airplane. Tears in the fabric indicate that Don had been stabbed before he was run over by the train. In light of this new evidence, the grand jury changed its ruling from probable homicide to definite homicide. I'm scared of these people. I'm very scared of them. How you think the crack drop gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. We are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. I will tell you, Director Deutsch, as a former Los Angeles police narcotics detective, that the agency has dealt drugs throughout this country for a long time. The men who were working for the CIA's army were responsible for bringing all that cocaine into Los Angeles that sparked the crack epidemic. My boss goes on a fishing trip with George Bush, and when they come back, they say the ends justify the means. They even did 60 Minutes even covered how the CIA was flooding the cocaine in. But that, um, 
so that they were the, one of the top uh, LAPD guys was uh, like confronted the CIA director it, to his face, and he was like, "He's like, dude, the CIA, <laughs> the CIA has been approaching me to help protect their uh, cocaine trafficking and heroin trafficking operations." And the CIA director was like, "Well, um, the CIA doesn't do anything like that, but if you have proof of that, you need to." Uh, report it um, to the FBI or, or CIA headquarters and the, the LAPD guy goes, I tried to do that 10 years ago and they almost killed me. <laughs> it's like they they blew up his car. Gary Webb. God damn. Gary Webb, uh, who uh, wrote the book Dark Alliance and helped prove that the CIA was uh, supplying Rick Ross with his cocaine and that Barry Seal was working with the CIA. Um, Gary Webb wrote that book, Dark Alliance, and then he said he was being followed, and then he committed suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head twice, and it was ruled a suicide. Wow. Huh. Well, and that's why you don't fuck with the CIA. Yeah, fuck does. that, dude. Yeah. That's why I don't... Uh, yeah, w- w- wow. It's, it's hilarious Crazy. how the government's always willing to reveal, like, 20, 30 years later, like, what they were doing back then and they're right. just like oh you know like everyone just I oh you people, can't stop us we well, it's been 20 years i think people read it and they go oh well that was 20 years ago everything's different now and right like, wow. the same they wouldn't do that now people are in charge like it's it, yeah it's changed fucking biden has been a politician since like the 70s and he was all he he was the um the he wrote the 94 crime bill that locked all those people up He's a, um, he's a monster. I mean, currently he's just a demented old person, but he's yeah. been a monster for much of his life. Yeah, he's... I will not say anything on Biden. That's my official stance. So I learned about roaches. Any... <laughs> I learned about kids jumping <laughs> on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. <laughs> that fucking clip. <laughs> Uh, that's the corn. That's from the same speech where he talked about corn pop and the rusty. You, you, you get the rain buckets and you get a rusty blade. You know, rust them up. We choose truth over facts. Yeah. Oh man, what else should we talk about before we wrap this puppy up? I feel like we covered it all. We've fucking gone to the moon and back. Well, you know, if you want to see some nice cosplay and tits. Tits mint salad. But tits. slash tits mint salad. I will link it in the show notes. Heckin' yeah. How do you spell it? F A N S L Y. Uh, yeah. F A N S L Y. If you're this on YouTube, though, don't put it in the description because you can't link to Fansly directly. I don't, yeah, I don't get on YouTube, dude. We would, dude, it's, and, sorry, we would, uh, um, we would have so, gotten killed. We would have gotten killed off YouTube like within a week. That makes sense. All the like, Alex Jones clips. <laughs> well, yeah, and just the COVID stuff, man. Like, right? There's just right. so much. There's like so much stuff that it's just like you can't talk about on YouTube. Why even get on there? I agree. I left YouTube again once, once more. I, I'm not even here to promote any of my own stuff because it's over. I quit. Uh, By the so way. Nightmare. Hmm. Sorry to interject, but I still listen to Hurricane Season. What a great goddamn album! Hell yeah! Ah uh, yeah! We're uh, we're gonna recreate that album um, and add the rest of the Sucker Punch members to the songs so sometime. It's it is gonna be called uh, FEMA, or yeah, fuck everything. Music's awesome. 
Yes. And yeah. Sucker Punch is on Spotify. Sucker Punch all over Spotify. And our YouTube, YouTube on YouTube.com slash ASC Presents, where some Sucker Punch stuff is there, but also Mint Salad Saws or Daily Movie Reviews if you're ever interested in seeing what I think about a movie. It's quite funny. I've been told that people like it. It's just a matter of time until you have reviewed every movie. Yes. People will be able to find your opinion on literally <laughs> any film. That is my ultimate goal, is to review every movie. You're you're um, you're going to be the next, what uh, oh God, Roger Ebert or something. Was that the guy's name? Yeah. Roger <laughs> Ebert was the guy. Uh, I don't know who he is. You don't know who Roger Ebert is? He's like no. the main movie <laughs> review right. guy. I will make sure to rectify that before anyone asks you any questions about it. All right. Ebert was like the most famous critic ever. Okay. Uh, you ever heard of Ebert and Roper? No. You ever heard that phrase? Back in the 90s, there was this show called Ebert and Roper, and it was two old guys talking of like reviewing movies. And uh, so, Are they shitting on it? Uh, depends on if they like the movie or not. But okay. they, they had a thumb system where each of them gave either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So in the 90s... The, the main way that you would hear, like, movies advertised is, like, Ebert and Roper, two thumbs up. Or, yeah. like, you know, thumbs what? up from Roger Ebert or something like Didn't that. Didn't Roger Ebert give Shrek a two thumbs up? Um, I, like I don't remember it that. It deserves a two thumbs up. No, I don't know about that. What do you mean? Shrek. Other than the, the fart jokes, it's a good story. Love's just a fairy tale. Dude, that, that movie um, made Smash Mouth. Exactly. It did. It did. Um, well, I don't know. All Star was all, was in a lot of movies around then. <laughs> right. I guess that's true. Did somebody rat once race. tell yeah, me? I was about to bring up Rat Race. That the world was going to show me. Don't you know I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed? I made a I made a parody of that song. <laughs> I made a real cringe parody a version of that song back in the day about Amazing. Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. Oh. That's very appropriate because I think that song is uh, actually about how global warming doesn't matter, and, oh. um, and you should be able to drive as much as you want. Yeah, I and that's kind of the tact I took when I made the song. I think he was writing. Not narcotic, not addictive. Bring back the fucking quaaludes. You can take all the fucking cocaine, marijuana, and all them fucking designer drugs they make today, and stick them up your fucking ass. I'm gonna have to clip this guy. I'm gonna have to get some ISO sound bites from this guy. Sure. I'm not sure if that guy is still alive. Well, yeah, but from this video, I mean. Mommy died from the. Yeah, he died from a lack of quaaludes. Yeah, just well. Disease. I mean, if you if you watch the video, he is a very big dude. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's very he Brooklyn like though. He's barely holding a part. like like fat big or like big body fat, big. Fat, Probably fat, both. Okay. Like like, but fat and with so much energy that it looks like his atoms are splitting. Like he's about <laughs> to just go nuclear. <laughs> Uh, let's be nice. that's energizing him. <laughs> no, but you guys, uh, your whole crew is—I I love how you're tearing it up, and you're just constantly hustling. You got—are you still doing the Void Gazers podcast sometimes? Yes, new Void Gazers podcast over on the uh, ASC Presents channel. Yes, uh, we're we're going to be doing that more regularly. Y'all are tearing it up, Reckon, yeah, hustling. I love it. We shredding it. it. Yeah, I, I can't keep uh, up with yeah. all the content, but what I do catch, I always thoroughly enjoy. So I hope you all never stop. If you're addicted to content, we'll provide the fuel for your addiction right here 
uh, not here, but on YouTube.com slash ASC Presents. But also, if you even addicted to... Patreon.com slash ASC Presents. And Fansley.com slash Salad. Yeah. And you still have open commissions for anybody that needs drawings? Yeah. If you want to be drawings... If you want to, if if you like, the, if you like, Sir Cedar, or Sir Cedar's, Sir Cedar, Sir Cedar, Chris, Chris is easier. It's less of a tongue twister. <laughs> Call me Chris. Uh, if if you like his profile picture on Twitter and other arts that are labeled that are made by me, if you like that, hey, commission. I like how you Do drew it. me as a black woman. <laughs> I didn't realize that till like a week later, but like the story Dick was telling on the show was about how a black woman threw all his luggage out of the limo. And then like uh, in the picture, <laughs> I'm throwing Dick's luggage out of the limo. I was like, okay, cool. It just seemed appropriate. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. I don't give a shit. All right. Is well, thank you all for hanging. of America sounds like? Like this? I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm in that. I'm in that same camp, like the not giving a shit camp at this point. <laughs> giving a shit is for squares, and this is a circular podcast. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, well, thank you, thank you guys again. That was uh, that was fun. Let's do it again someday. And uh, yeah. obviously, yeah, ASE presents on Patreon, YouTube, and Fansley.com slash tits mint salad correct and abs in a six pack right oh yeah shitmyass.com is the website for that shitmyass.com still the greatest url in podcasting it's pretty good (laughs) or for the live show podtard.com deabustinut.com i could let's see what sits available that's i'm sure that one's taken (laughs) it's probably going to take me to a virus site I don't want to do it anyway. You got shitmyass.com. I got it for seven dollars. Wait, bustanut.com is for sale for seven thousand five hundred dollars. Oh, damn! Wow. <laughs> Worth it though. Nut. Bustanut.com. Nut. Uh, yeah. Fuck. I was looking at like websites, and I think the most expensive one I found was fuck.com was like millions of dollars, <laughs> and like fuck fuck fuck.com was still like thirty grand. I was like, Jesus Christ. So shit, my ass. I feel like was a good steal for seven bucks a year. <laughs> Shitmyass.com. ASE presents. Thank you, Trixie. Thank you, Mint. And uh, we'll talk at you soon. I might be on with John Breaks Bad News tonight. I might, I'm might. i definitely going to be on yeah. with uh, Booberry tonight. Um, so. Also, Bird says hello. And Riley says hello. And also, I hello. did the logo for John Breaks Bad News. And Dave didn't say hello, but I decided he's saying hello, too. Is that legendary exactly. hip-hop uh, producer, producer Dave Cranberry? Cranberry Dave. Cranberry Dave, yes. Dave Cranberry. Dave Cranberry and Dyron, they're both around. But both members of Sucker Punch. But uh, I'm saying hi for everybody. Everybody in the house says hi. Well, hi back. Hello. Yeah, hopefully hopefully we can all meet up and chill again in person one day. Fuck yes. Man. All right. See y'all. Bye. I love you. Coachella sucks this year. Oh.